The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio wherever you get your podcasts. How do you make a radio ad for an 8K TV that conveys the feeling of 33 million pixels with over a billion shades of color hitting your eyeballs? This is the best we can do. Samsung Neo QLED 8K. Unreasonably good. This is Stacking the Box with NFL insider Matt Berteram and Mark Carmen. The divisional round is here. Stacking the Box for your midweek Wednesday. Matt Berteram, I gotta be honest. Uh, I'm jumping on the podcast, leaving the Bears' end-of-season press conference. And let me tell you something. good? If you're a football fan, be happy that you are not a Chicago Bears fan because this is what's going on in Chicago right now is the ultimate. It's not about the GM. It's not about the coach. It's not about the players unless you luck into, in your case, Patrick Mahomes. You cannot win if the top of your food chain is not correct. And the Bears' top of their food chain has been wrong for oh so long, and it just continues to be wrong. Ryan Pace, Matt Nagy coming back. But that's they, – they, it's like the Chicago Bears are going – they're preparing to go on a camping trip, Vertoram. Like they we, – we are so excited because we can all collaborate together. Like they're going to go climb Mount Kilimanjaro or something. I, yeah. It's just <laughs> – Yeah, they are. It, it, it's truly incredible. I bet happening. Bears fans wish they would and then just jump. Right. Right. Like – it takes courage in life to move forward. And maybe you didn't have to move fully forward. Like maybe you're like, okay, fine. Matt Nagy's over 500. He's been here three years. You made the playoffs six years, man. Ryan pays six years. Not gonna, one playoff win. Listen, I mean, it, it, enough is enough is enough is enough. We're going to get to, we're going to get to the teams here that are in the playoffs in a second, but I, <laughs> it doesn't take courage to move forward. when you need the McCaskies and you're worth like a gajillion dollars. How much courage does it really take? I mean, it's not like you'd be infuriating the fan base by moving on. It's ridiculous. The idea that it takes and like you were in the you were in the press, or I was not. I was following along with all the, the commentary from the various people I follow that cover the Bears. Um, but my favorite quote, and I'm paraphrasing this, was something about that. Yeah, we haven't gotten the quarterback right. Yeah, we haven't gotten the amount of wins we like. But other than that, we feel good. But that was a real quote. It's just like. That's like saying, yeah, the car looks good. Didn't put in brakes or an engine block, but other than that, it's great. Well, and the, from George McCaskey, top of the food chain, to Ted Phillips, who's the team president, to Ryan Pace, who's the general manager, to Matt Nagy, who's the head coach, they all celebrated that the Bears were able to come out of a six-game losing streak. Like, it was some badge of honor that from – we lost six in a row, but the culture was so good that we won three games at the end of the year to back into the playoffs at eight and eight. Meanwhile, when it came to beating a good team in Green Bay or New Orleans, they didn't sniff the game, let alone right. a victory. Right. And, and oh, you beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean, come, 
okay, he had, a, I guess, an okay win against the, um, the Minnesota Vikings on the road who didn't make the playoffs. You were 1-8 against, against playoff teams. There's nothing to celebrate here yet. We showed our culture. It, it was, um, it's truly unbelievable. It's truly incredible. All right. Boys are a mess. I mean, this is – It was and, not and, encouraging. It was not something you walked away from as a Paris fan and went, good, good. Can't wait to see Nick Foles week one, which also sounds like that's coming. So, uh, good luck, guys. It, it, it very well might. I'll just say this, and then, and then we'll be done. The other part about this for the Bears, and they would deny this, but I think it's a big factor. Follow the money. Uh, Nagy signed for two more years. Oh, yeah, God, they don't want to eat it. Yeah. They don't want, they don't oh, want to eat no it. No question. It's yeah. always anything in life, follow the money. Always. Yeah. They don't I mean, want to have to eat the money. If they were both at the end of their contracts – they would be out, but they're not. What does that tell you? I mean, and, and okay, you know, it, it's just, okay. That, that, that is just not the way you, it's not the way you run an organization when you're actually trying to be a good organization, but 35 years, 1985, a long time ago. All right, here we go. Let's go to the Rams and the Green Bay Packers. And the question on the table here is, uh, do we think that Aaron Rodgers is going to struggle against this Rams defense? Now, Aaron, Aaron Donald's a little banged up here, uh, but I'm, I'm sure he'll be out there. Uh, I, I, are you concerned the Rams are going to have – or the Packers are going to have a little struggle against this uh, elite Rams defense? I think the Packers will have relative struggles against them. Now, the Packers have a really good offense. So when I say struggle, I don't think they're going to score 10 points. But I, I think it'll be hard for them. Um, the, the Packers have – I think the best line in, in the NFC, you could argue along with Cleveland, the NFL, Bakhtiari being out, of course, is a big hit. But that's a great group. That's a powerful group. Um, and really, how many times was Roger pressured a lot in these games? I went back and looked. The only game he was really knocked around was the Tampa game. And he get, you know, and he threw two picks, and they did score 10 points. Now, the Rams were a much different style of defense. Tampa blitzes a ton. It's a little bit different. But Donald McVay's already come out and said he expects him to be there to play. Right. How, how healthy is he? We're, we're going to find out Saturday. Um, they got Leonard Floyd, who who has suddenly become a player. Bears. If, yeah, another Bears. Another guy that they developed well. Go ahead. Well, well done. Uh, and then Michael Brockers, who can play. They've got Jalen Ramsey, who can take Devontae Adams. Now, look, the argument that gets lost in all this is, well, my God, can the Rams stop him? Okay. I think the Rams can play well defensively. Can Goff, with a broken thumb, go into Lambeau and play well enough to win? That is, to me, the question. Now, to be fair, they just went to Seattle and won, but they got a pick six, got for less than 50% completion rate. They won in spite of him. They're going to have to win without him being a passenger this weekend. Like He's going to have to actually help them drive this win. Now, maybe he's feeling better. Who knows? But I think the Packers will be slowed down. It's a very good defense. It's the best defense in football. I, if, they're, if they're not slowed down, then we have to even raise our expectations higher the Packers. Um, and we'll, we'll cover the lines later, but I'll leave it at that right now. So just for the record, if people aren't following super close, Donald's dealing with a rib injury, which yes, got that, hurt in the third quarter. Yeah. And that doesn't tend to get better throughout a football game. It could. So maybe he looks, you know, maybe he's more impactful early. Obviously he's going to be uh, doctored up. I would think to uh, get through the game. And you got Cooper cup with the knee. And then you mentioned Goff with the thumb. He's downplaying that injury, but I look uh, that, that to me, to your point, yeah, I don't think Green Bay is going to have their standard offensive day, but they should be able to score enough. Can the Rams actually put up enough points with Goff in this situation? Can, can they get to – because I think you – know, I, I don't think you're winning the game 13-10, but can the Rams get to 24, 27, somewhere in there? Uh, which you – know, Right, I, right. I agree. And, and, and I don't I – don't, I, don't, I, I expect Green Bay to win the football game. Uh, let, let's get to uh, Baltimore and Buffalo and, you know, this is a situation where are you going to let Lamar Jackson completely control the football game to the point that the Ravens, you know, win time of possession, have 20 more plays. Josh Allen uh, gets uh, in that form, gets a lot less opportunities and somehow the bills are able to snake out with a win. What do you think? So I think that's the best game of the weekend. And again, we're going to guess, you know, not, not guess the lines. I just finished listening to the Bill Simmons podcast, which is great. Um, we're going we're going to you know go over the odds and kind of talk about where we think it might fall. The Bills are going to struggle to stop Baltimore's run game. If they don't, they're going to win going away. But the Ravens 
they don't hide who they are. They, they're not one of these teams that tries to use a lot of smoke and mirrors. It's a lot of, hey, we're coming downhill. We're going to run on first. We're going to run on second. We might run on third. And you've got to stop it. And I – look, the, the Ravens averaged five and a half yards per carry in the regular season. Most of any team in the league, easily. They ran for over 3,000 yards as a team. Jackson went over 1,000 yards for the second time in two years. I mean, this is a team – that can bring the goods running the ball. And Buffalo ranks 22nd in the league in yards per carry against. So I do worry about that. Now, I also think there's an antidote to it if you're Buffalo, and that's bringing down your safeties and in Poyer and in Hyde and challenging the line of scrimmage. The downside of that is, is if they crease you, he's gone. That's the risk you run with that. Like, you can bring guys down. You can play eight in the box. But if Jackson gets wide and around the rail or a guard climbs to the second level and gets the safety blocked, there's nobody stopping him. It's a track meet to the end zone that he's going to win every time. So I do think it's going to be hard for Buffalo to get off the field against him. I think, I think Baltimore is going to rush for a lot of yards in this game. It's my top three thing that I enjoy watching on an NFL weekend is Lamar somehow making something out of nothing. And I mean, it's, incredibly entertaining but the other side of it is that you're if you're a Lamar fan which I think most of us are why wouldn't you be it just feels like at any moment that hit is going to come where he's going to get cracked and we're going to have an RBG you know um, RG3 excuse me I just got into into politics uh, (laughs) moment where it's over so uh, I I don't know why I'm necessarily bringing that up but it just doesn't it doesn't feel built to last at the same time that it feels incredibly tough to stop. Right. Right. No, I, I agree. Look, I, I don't think Lamar is going to be a guy who ages particularly well. Um, and it's interesting with him because, and I think we saw all this in the Tennessee game. He can have moments where he looks awful throwing the football. Awful. I, I mean, the, the interception he threw against Tennessee is one of the worst picks I've ever seen. I'm not even exaggerating that. Like it was, he missed that throw by 20 yards to the inside. It was insane. But then he can break off a 48-yard touchdown run on third and nine. He's a game-breaking player. I don't think he's a great quarterback. I don't. But I think he is a great player because he's very hard to deal with. And so his passing ability doesn't scare me at all. But planning for him and stopping him is very difficult, and that's why I do think he's worth a big contract. And I do think – that he has to be considered one of the league's best players because if you have to spend your whole week game planning to stop somebody, they're a great player. And then conversely, the other side of this, Josh Allen, speaking of great players, he is very rapidly entering the great player zone. No doubt. And this is another opportunity for him to supremely stamp himself. But I mean, much more versatile than Lamar. I mean, he, he doesn't run it quite as well, but he can, he, but he can run. But he can run, yeah. He, and, and he's a problem. I mean, he, it's a, that's a big guy to handle on the move. He can run you over if he wants to. That's, Certainly if he gets to, you know, if, he, if, he, if, it, if it gets to the point where he needs the first down or at the goal line, he can put his head down and it's a problem. That's uh, a great point. And I just want to say quick, look, the Ravens blitz more than anyone in the NFL. They are going to come after Allen in this game. They're going to bring it. They play more man coverage than anybody. Like The Ravens are going to challenge him to beat Marcus Peters and beat Marlon Humphrey. Now, I, I think he can, but I'm just saying they're going to challenge him. But you, the reason I brought that up is you said something about his legs. If they blitz him and he gets out of there, that's a very dangerous situation because he's great throwing off, off platform and he can run. And if right. you're in man coverage and you have your back to him, there's room to roam. He could be going for a long time. Right. He'll pick up 30 yards like it's nothing. I mean, he, 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 those legs are, are long and they cover a lot of ground, and he's, he's not afraid of contact either. So no. I think you're right. I mean, as far as it should be a phenomenal game Saturday night. Uh, let's take a look at Cleveland and the Chiefs. Uh, the way you're looking at it here is that, you know, can the Browns, I think this is the fair way to look at any team against Kansas City, can they slow the Chiefs down enough? I think that has to be 
the question. I know some people might say, well, what about the rushing attack with Cleveland? Look, I think the Browns are going to run the ball some. I don't think it's going to be crazy. The Chiefs actually in their base and nickel packages are very good against the run, and they've been very good the second half of the year, save for one big Melvin Gordon run. So I think the Chiefs will handle that all right. The question for me is going to be, can Cleveland do anything against them defensively? Aaron Schatz over Football Outsiders, who's a friend of mine, is a hell of a, of a researcher and an analyst, tweeted out that the Browns, DVOA-wise, defensively, are 29th against deep balls, they're 29th on third down passing defensively, and they're 30th against tight ends in general. That That's a major problem. They also have the fewest quarterback hits of anybody in the league. Garrett is great. He has 12 sacks. He has nobody else with five. They, they are 26th in pressure rate. They are going to have to do something that they have not done all year long, which is stop a very good offense. When they played Tennessee, they gave 35 points. Dak threw for over 500 yards against them, scored 37 points. Uh, the Ravens twice, 38 and 47. And that's without a big passing game. So when the Browns have played good offenses, they have gotten absolutely taken to the clearance. And they were 2-2 two and two in those games. They beat Tennessee and they beat Dallas, to their credit. But Tennessee and Dallas have no defense. Kansas City has it, at least a league average defense. So, look, to me, this is going to have to come down to them holding Kansas City in the red zone. The Chiefs are going to move the ball at will in this game. It's going to come down to can Cleveland do what Denver did a, a few moons ago when they were like the Chiefs went 0-5 in the red zone. If Cleveland can, can somehow have a big-time red zone game, and they're average defensively in the red zone, the Chiefs are average offensively, if Cleveland can do something where they're like, I don't know, three of five possessions, they hold the Chiefs to a field goal in the red zone, then you got a shot. But I think that's what it's going to take because I, I don't I don't see any scenario other than the Chiefs just pissing down their leg where they don't go for a ton of yards in the game. I think everybody outside of being a Chief and or Browns fan, this is by far the least interesting game of the weekend. Uh, it's, I mean, people are, as we're teeing up here, the Rams eh, got a puncher's chance here. Uh, maybe even more Baltimore, Buffalo kind of feels like a coin flip Tampa Bay, New Orleans. We got breeze and Brady, the Browns. Um, yeah, I, I, I am willing to comfortably write off Cleveland and tell you Cleveland fans that that, that phenomenal, you had a phenomenal season. You took a major step forward. And if I'm wrong, that. Baker plays a phenomenal game. Chubb goes big. Uh, he, I've been super impressed. I think everybody has with his ear. And, you know, maybe, maybe Kareem Hunt has revenge on his mind and goes nuts himself. I guess maybe there's a, there is some formula in there, but it just doesn't feel overly possible. Uh, let's, let's, let's do Tampa and New Orleans. You're asking is the third time the charge for, for Brady and company. And everybody likes to say it's, it's very hard to beat a team three times in one year. Like, that, that everybody's going to figure out the formula after losing twice. I don't know, man. I, and I, and I haven't been impressed with the saints that much, but they, that defense continues to get better and better. I, 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 I'm pretty skeptical that the bucks are going to do anything different than they've done the first two times. So I'm going to pull out a couple stats here and, All right. and rock the proverbial rim. So to, to, to bookmark or to, to bookmark to, to uh, bookend the chiefs Browns conversation, chiefs are favored by 10, which we'll get to later. 11 times since 2000, a team has been favored by double digits or more in the divisional round, not including the Chiefs this weekend. Those teams are eight and three straight up. They're seven and four covering the spread. Something to think about. The reason I bring that up is now to go into the Saints Bucks game. I sat here and did some research on company time yesterday. Okay. So since 1970, 20 times a team has been going for a three-game sweep of an opponent in the playoffs. The team that was going for the sweep, straight up, 13-7. and seven. Since 2000, those teams are 6-2. and two. So the idea that, well, no, there's, there's no way that, you know, the Buccaneers could lose three times, it, it, it's got to be the law of averages. No, the law of averages, if you go back through history, says two times out of three, that team loses. That team loses. I think the Buccaneers is a bad matchup for them. They blitz a lot. The Saints get rid of the ball really quickly. And, you know, you always have people say, and I, I always used to say this until I really started to cover the league in depth and, and got to know some people in it. Like, there's this process of thought that says, well, why 
wouldn't you just change then? Teams are what they are. Like, it it just, you're not going to play a whole season one way and then in the biggest moment completely change who you are. It's extremely rare that teams can do that. The Pats are great at it with Belichick. They're, they're so amoebic. They play differently every week. They are by far the exception of the rule. Like if Baltimore plays Kansas City next weekend, I know we have a lot of Chief fans who listen, so I'll use this as the example. Everyone and their mother is going to say, well, they can't blitz Mahomes. They can't blitz – I guarantee you they'll blitz Mahomes. That's just who they are. That's how you're built. That's how the personnel's built. Like Tampa's not going to all of a sudden start dropping eight. I'd be floored if they do it. And I think the only way that Tampa wins is either the Saints making a bunch of mistakes or Tampa wildly playing a different defense. Right. And that just seems borderline impossible to do. Like you're reinventing yourself point here. It just is, is off the board. And I, I just want to say that I would love to see Tom have a great game and, and breeze have a great game and let's go old school shootout and let's feel like it's 2010 all over again. But I, I don't think that's the game we're going to get here. And this, the saints after watching them up close last week versus the bears, this is a team that I think is very well aware of what they're good at and, and how they're going to play. And they're not going to ask Drew to do too much. And they, right. I think that, right. you know, they're, they're just not. And, and, and having Michael Thomas back matters. Uh, I, I like, I think the saints win that game by touchdown plus, but we shall see. Uh, let's go into the future. We'll, and we'll make our bets here coming up as well. Which talking point gets flipped on its ear this weekend Mr. Matt Verderam, uh, why don't you lay out some of the talking points that you were considering? So we just went over all this stuff, right? Like that you're hearing a lot of, can the, can the Packers do this, can, you know, against the Rams defense? Can, can the Ravens be stopped from running the ball? It is time for us to get rich. Hang tight. We'll be right with you. It's stacking the box. I think talking points are there for a reason, simply because they're accurate. Like these teams have done something all year long and they haven't either, or, or they haven't done something all year long. Um, I'm going to stick close to my heart on this one and my chiefs. I think the idea that the chiefs can't stop the run is going to be a rudely interrupted conversation by about halftime of this game against Cleveland. Maybe I end up eating my words on it. It's totally possible. When Kansas city gets in base and gets in nickel, which they will be in a lot against Cleveland because Cleveland runs a lot of two tight end sets and they run a fullback out there. The Chiefs are good against the run. Mike Pinnell is very good inside. Derek Nottie is very good inside. Other than Aaron Donald, Chris Jones is the best defensive tackle in the league. Frank Clark's excellent against the run. Rookie Mike Dan has been excellent against the run at setting the edge. I think, I think, the surprise will be, wow, you know, Cleveland only rushed for 100 yards in this game, where I think a lot of people think they'll rush for, you know, 175 plus. I'm not sitting here saying it's going to be a situation where Chubb runs for 20 yards. I'm not saying that. But I do think it's going to be a game where you walk away and go, wow, you know, Kansas City, they really held them in check. Um, I think you're going to see that happen in this game. I think the Chiefs are going to focus on it, and they're going to be able uh, to limit Cleveland's rushing attack, which in turn obviously will put a lot of pressure on Baker Mayfield. All fair. Um, you know what? I, you know what I think is going to happen here, Matt Bertram, in this yeah. in this divisional weekend. I'm going with. Uh, let's see here. Hmm. I. I guess I'm going to lean into. I'm going to. I'm going to go against you, and I. Th- I think that out of nowhere, Lamar is going to have a shockingly productive day throwing the football. LeVar Jackson will become a two-dimensional, more two-dimensional player after uh, the Baltimore Ravens somehow stun the Buffalo Bills. And there will be a conversation around the lines of, is is Lamar now uh, more two-dimensional than he ever has been? How's that? Okay. It's, okay. an off, it's an off the board play, but uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't see anything really being challenged here. So I, I'll, I'll, 
I'm going to take a big swing and say that Lamar goes, has, a, has a different type of game here and the Ravens somehow get it done in what could be the best game of the weekend. Um, which brings us to what conference title games do you actually want to see? I mean, I, I, uh, I want to, I'd like to see the Packers and the Bucks tee it up. I don't think that's going to happen. And then in the AFC, I definitely would like to see KC and Baltimore. But either of the games, either of as long as the Chiefs get through, that's a sweet AFC title game. Yeah, you know, I kind of feel the same way. Like I, I don't, I don't really care. And I'm just talking from purely just being entertained. I don't, I don't care if the Chiefs play. Like either way, that's a really interesting game. It's, it's Mahomes and Lamar. It's Mahomes and Josh Allen. The Bills are trying to get to the Super Bowl for the first time since '93, trying to win their first one. Jackson in that game, that would be a mammoth step if he was able to win, of course, and get to a Super Bowl. So I agree. I think I think KC Baltimore is slightly more sexy because Baltimore has gone against the Chiefs now three times and it's just over and over. And they, they've been repelled. Whereas the Bills, there's not quite that history. But either way, it's, it's exciting. For me, the, the NFC title game, the most exciting is the Packers and the Bucks. Brady and Rodgers. Up in the snow in Lambeau, Brady looking for what feels like his 88th Super Bowl appearance, and Rodgers trying to get one more. And I will say this in full disclosure: I, I'm not rooting for any of those teams. I don't. I don't care who gets there, but just from from like a storyline level, I'm good on the whole. Like Brady in his 10th Super Bowl, like I've just I've seen enough of Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. Like I would rather see Rodgers get there from a storyline perspective. I'd rather see Breeze going for one more Super Bowl. You know, Goff trying to get his redemption. Like, I, I don't need Brady. Like, the book's been written 8,000 times. We get it. He's great. He's won six Super Bowls. I, that's at least how I feel. I've, I, although, again, I think I think no matter who wins the Saints-Bucks game, if the Packers win, it's a great game. I do think that. If the Packers don't get there this year or as a Bears fan, I'm going to be incredibly pissed. Green Bay belongs in the Super Bowl at least one more time with Aaron Rodgers. He's had a preposterous year. He's going to be the MVP. If they, for lack of a better way of putting it, shit the bed and lose to the, to the Rams or even Tampa or New Orleans, who Green Bay has been is clearly better than right now. Maybe they weren't better than him in week five, but they are better than him now. That would be enormously disappointing at this point. That's all. So it better be Green Bay in, in the Super Bowl. And by the way, it also better be Kansas City because that's a sweet matchup and we all deserve it. Through a pandemic, let's get it going. Mahomes, Rodgers, February 7th, Tampa, Verderam on his couch, talking to his dad. I'm in. I'm all for it. That would be, uh, that would be a great Super Bowl. So, right? I mean, Maybe. listen. And you got to also factor in too, like – it's going to be the highest rated Super Bowl by a mile this year because nobody's going to be having Super Bowl parties and getting together. Everybody's going to be watching from the house. Who the hell is going to be at a bar? Unfortunately, more people than it should be. But I don't know. regardless, you see, the, you see the Alabama celebration? Listen, I'm going to say this, and I'm going to say this one time at the risk of offending our Alabamians who are listening to this podcast. If you had to pick one state that you think that would happen in, it's fucking Alabama. Is it not? I'm not entirely certain that that doesn't happen on the campus of Florida, on the campus of LSU, on the camp. I don't, I don't know if we could single out also, Alabama. No, I'm a single them out. And listen, I like to find people of Alabama. I go down to Mobile for the Senior Bowl on an annual basis, and I love going to Mobile. Okay? But it, it, it's more about the culture of Alabama football that I'm driving at here. Like, of, of course – it's Alabama football fans. Who, by the way, every single guy there probably had the same haircut with the with those like beamer bangs that are down to the eyebrows and swipes to the side. Every single one of those people get a grip. And I'm not look. I'm not telling you not to get together if you quarantine for a week or so, ten days, whatever the, the CDC recommendation is, and watch the games with some buddies. I'm not even. I'm not killing that. Look, I'm not one of these people who thinks you got to lock yourself in a room all day every day, but. To just run out in the street. By the way, you've won, what is it now, seven titles under a saving or five or the hell it is? Like, get a grip. It's not like you have – it's not like you've been waiting 100 years to win a national championship. My God, it's like a birthright for that school. How excited could you be? 
that's where I went with it. Like, what is this, something new? You do it every year. You've been in the national championship game five of the last six years. I believe it's six titles for saving with Alabama, seven total. Like, this isn't new. Uh, I, but, okay, you're – whatever. I, I'm guessing that 98% of those people were college kids, but perhaps not. I don't – it was bizarre. I, and, look, I get it. You feel invincible. But isn't there, like, at least 3% of you that doesn't feel invincible and just would rather chill at the crib? I'm I, I, maybe I'm just nuts. Um, all right, back to business here. Uh, Doug Peterson out uh, not that long after winning the Super Bowl. The Eagles, uh, quote unquote, getting the courage as we re- rewind back to the start of this podcast to move on from good old Doug. Was this a mistake? No, I don't think it was a mistake. I, I, I think it had to happen. Like, look, so ultimately, you could go a lot of different ways here and say, well, they went 4-11-1. It's been trending down since the Super Bowl one a few years ago. You could go about the Carson Wentz angle. I more look at it, first of all, in totality, because I think that's the right way to look at it. But also, I look at it like, look, here, here's the problem. He flat out tanked the game week 17, and the players were furious afterwards. And if you follow professional sports, that's a problem. Like, you lose the locker room and stuff like that happens. Now, a lot of people who are close to that team – say that it comes down from on high. Matt Lombardo, who does a great job for us at fan side, he has an insider column every week. He reported with multiple sources in, in, a, in a column that he wrote actually Wednesday morning that you know, it was probably coming down from up top. And, and, and as far as Lori, or excuse me, as far as, as, as Peterson goes, Lori fired him. It wasn't Roseman. Look, regardless of all that, Peterson, the way he coached that team this year, deserved what was coming. I don't care if he won Super Bowl or nothing. That's not saying he doesn't deserve a second chance. But that specific situation went downhill so fast, I do not blame the Eagles for moving on. You're the one everyone looks to for answers. Come rain or shine, the job must get done. And you're the one who makes it happen. We get you, Jackie and Fresno, putting your employee safety first. And Manny in Chattanooga, whose local Granger team knows him by name. We're here for you and all the ones who get it done with 24-7 customer support and access to product specialists to help you find what you need. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Who's a better coach, Doug Peterson or Matt Nagy? Uh, Doug Peterson, you won a Super Bowl. Right, right. I mean, it's not even close, correct? It's, oh, I wouldn't say it's not close. Because I think, I think Peterson is a little – overrated i think naggy as a coach is a little under like part of the problem i gotta be fair to naggy they have no quarterback i mean they're just atrocious a quarterback but that doesn't exonerate the fact that he coaches a team like he thinks a bomb's gonna go off if they throw a forward pass so i, I hear that too i'm just sitting with the the concept that uh a guy who won the Super Bowl with Nick Foles, by the way, at quarterback after Carson Wentz went down. Now, granted, they had a great offensive line and things were set up for that team, and maybe it wasn't that difficult. But uh, here's Nagy keeping his gig. By the way, Rex Ryan is completely out of his mind. Um, and Doug Peterson moving along. I, I, I do think there will be another opportunity for him, maybe, and maybe in Chicago after next year. All right. Um, Dolphins players are – Speaking out on Tua, um, this has been kind of stunning for, you know, a, a guy who's, you know, brand new to the league. You'd think you'd get a little bit more kid gloves here. And he's also, you know, he's always been a very well-liked Tua. But what's your reaction to what, what's being said? It's not good. It's not good. Like, I get their anonymous quotes from players, but it's in the Miami Herald. That's a real legitimate journalistic source. And – the players, if people didn't see it, come out and basically say, yeah, look, like he does nothing that's special. There's no reason to be excited about him. Like, I, I don't know, you know how we are going to beat Allen and Mahomes going forward. That's concerning. Like red flag, DEFCON 1 concerning. Players are basically, in my opinion, trying to tell the Dolphins, for the love of God, like he is not the answer. And they're doing it in a way where they're leaking it to the media because they're willing to go there without having to attach their names, which you could say is cowardly, whatever. I would say it's smart because it's self-preservation and you're trying to get a message out. Um, it's not great, man. 
you don't see the stuff coming out about Burrow and Herbert. No, he's got you don't even see it coming out about Jalen Hurts. Like that would deeply concern me if I'm a Dolphins fan. So, and then Brian Flores, the coach, is saying, quote, I think Tua has made a lot of improvement, really developed over the course of the year. So we'll just try to which he make has those, to say. which he does. And then you've got anonymous players. I understand what they said, but I don't understand why. It's like, look, yeah, what you said was right, but like, what the hell are you doing? Why would you be throwing this guy under the bus when all you're doing ultimately I mean, maybe it doesn't matter, but it's like you're 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 borderline hurting his trade value. The Dolphins, if you want to, if you want to win, you know, I got a lot of thoughts about a lot of people, but it's not necessarily in my best interest to put them all out there, right? I mean, come on, uh, and and also that stuff gets tracked back to people f- figure out who's talking. It, it none of it's none of it's good, uh, but the bottom line is the dude can't play. He, he's not good. So I, I don't think I, he's good either. Yeah, I, yeah. So however soon Miami wants to deal with the, speaking of courageous again, want to deal with the fact that, okay, we swung and it, it ain't going to work. Who's next. We're in a position to draft a quarterback again this year. I mean, we, we we'll get into the draft on a later podcast, but it, it, it could go one, two, three quarterback this year. Right. Yeah. It yeah. very well, it I, mean, very well. I, I think I think it's at least got to be said if you're the Dolphins, you have to do your due diligence on all these quarterbacks coming out. And yeah. the other thing is, and look, I, I'm not a believer that the Texans are going to move to Sean Watson. I just I think that thing would have to go beyond nuclear for that to happen. But I got to tell you, man, if I'm the Dolphins, I'm calling. Like, realistically, what would it take? You want your pick back because that's the starting point. You th- here's the third overall pick. Here's our other first round picks. I think is like 17th or 18th. Here's, Here's two, two of them. And what what else do you want? Right. And what else? Like, do, like is that an, is that enough? I don't think so. But where do you where do you go from there? I I think it's at least you at least have to make that phone call. And for the Dolphins, right there, you in essence, in my mind, you've given up nothing. Oh, dude, you do it in two seconds. Yeah. So. Oh my God. What you else? Link. How many more first round draft picks do you want? Uh. Two more? I mean, I'm you're in essentially, on that too. you're giving them back their first round pick. You're swapping Tua for Watson, and you're just giving up one more first. Now, again, I don't think that's enough. Right. But, I'm, but I do two more first. Is that enough? Right. Right. I mean, I, I think, look, I, if I'm the doll, I'm at least, I'm having that conversation. Yeah. Like, now, yeah. now maybe the Texans hang up the phone. Fine. But I'm, I'm trying. Right. I mean, who can actually put the best package together for Watson? And at some point, probably not, because you're talking about a 26-year-old quarterback who led the league in passing yards, is incredibly competitive, incredibly smart, and everything you'd want in a football player. But at some point, maybe there is a package out there that makes sense for the Texans if he really, 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 really doesn't want to be there. Um I think it's got to go nuclear, man. He is a top three quarterback in the NFL, in my opinion. No, no, no question. I, I'm 100%. But speaking of what's going on in nuclear in Houston, look at what's going on with James Harden. I don't think that Deshaun Watson would ever do that. But, I mean, he's – By caught. the way, uh, on an aside here with James Harden, has the man hit every buffet at every strip joint in Houston? He, he does what look What is large. happening? He was losing 40 pounds. And he's, he's still putting up numbers, but yes. I mean, that's fine, but my God. I mean, he – dude, I saw him – obviously, listen, I follow the Knicks. That's about it in the NBA. I don't go too far beyond that. Like, I saw him warming up yesterday. The man's like an ice truck. No, he's a big boy. He's huge. He, yep. Let, let's uh, let's make some money. We'll run through the games quickly here. The Rams are a uh, six-and-a-half-point underdog uh, to the Packers. Buffalo's a two-and-a-half-point favorite over Baltimore. Kansas City's a, the heavy 10-point favorite. And the Saints are a three-point favorite. Why don't you go for it? All right. Look, I'll run them right down. If I'm betting these games, and I'm not, if I was, I'd bet the Rams to cover. I would bet the Ravens to cover. I would bet Kansas City to cover, which I know they haven't done in two months, but I think they will in this game. I would take New Orleans to cover. I almost want to push it, but uh, that's lame. I'll take him to cover. Um, so I got I got two underdogs on Sunday, two favorites on or excuse me, two favorites on Sunday, and two underdogs Saturday. Um, 
I think the Bills Ravens game, I'm just taking any points you can give me. I think that game's gonna be really, really tight. I could see it being a one or two point game. I could see Justin Tucker maybe being the difference. On Sunday on this podcast, I said I thought Buffalo would win. I've since been asked twice who I think will win. I, I've said Baltimore. I will go by with Baltimore at, on a razor's edge. I just think they can run the ball to the point that I think it takes the ball out of Allen's hands. And I think that Allen, as good as he is, as potentially great as he is, you can force him into a mistake here and there. And I think the Ravens' pressure might get him to crack once. And if it does, that might be the game. Um, I like the Packers to win. I think it's close. I think it's something like 27-23, 24-20, somewhere in that range. The Chiefs, I just did the Arrowhead podcast, which you're a Chiefs fan, please subscribe to as well. Um, I think the Chiefs win fairly going away, 38-20. to 20. I just do not think Cleveland's going to stop. And maybe it's 38-27 or something, a late touch. I just I think the Chiefs will cover. New Orleans and Tampa give me, I don't know, 28-24, something in that range. I, but I do think the Saints will win. I think they'll sweep them. This is where I'll be the least interesting person on the podcast in the history of podcasts. I'm going, and I just said five minutes ago that Baltimore is going to have a big day from Lamar. But as we, as five minutes later, as Lord knows, nobody knows what the hell is going to happen in these games. I've just floated back to Green Bay is going to smoke the Rams. Um, I, I don't, I don't think the Rams smoke can score. I, I think they're going to crack them. I think Buffalo, if I, if you're, if I had to put money down, I would uh, like the, what I detailed earlier is, is, is the way in which Baltimore can win. But if I had to bet, I'm riding with the bills. I, I, I better football team had a great year. And I almost think that could, that game could go Buffalo's way in a big way. Um, Kansas city. What's up, man. Are, are you going to, are you going to finally come out and wax a team? I think you do. So chiefs by a lot. And I actually like the saints by a lot. Uh, I don't, I think that, uh, I, I, I don't see, I don't see Tampa being able to have, I, I, I think that defense gives the bucks a whole lot of problems and I don't see Tampa stopping the saints. At least of not. those four teams, since you just picked the favorites and you think a lot of them will be big wins, which yeah. team scares you the most? Which one are you most confident in? I would say I'm most confident in the Packers and least confident in the saints. I, I hear that. Quick timeout. Stay with us. You are listening to Stacking the Box. I'm most uh, just in terms of winning the games. I'm most confident Kansas City's going to win. I, I just, I just do not see. Now you want to talk about covering whatever we got in terms of winning the games. Sure, but I think Kansas City is my. Safest bet. I think. I think the Bills Ravens to me is the biggest toss up. Yeah, I, I just I, that game to me. I you could sell me on that game going a million different ways. I mean, just because of what's happened all season long, I think that Cleveland can somehow keep it within ten. I I, I feel right. They could. They could. I, I don't think they're going to win, but if you're asking me, most confident. Eh. And the Chiefs just haven't they, – they have not rightfully blown teams out this year. I'm just talking uh, about winning the game. But, yes, winning, of course. Kansas City's like light year. I mean, they're, they're way out front that way. Um, let's do some in or out. Ben Roethlisberger will be the Steelers quarterback next season. I mean, granted, they were down 28 zip and all they had to do was throw the football. But he did throw for 500 yards for the record. We didn't mention that on Sunday night. I, he threw 68 attempts. 68 balls, baby. I mean, In or out, baby. his cap charge is 41 million. He, he's going to earn 19 million. I think he's coming back. What do I? I think he's coming back. Like people over, overthink this crap all the time. He, it's a lot of money. And I, and I, I think he'll give it one more run. I think he'll, I think he'll play. I, I will say this. So I think they're done. They're going to have to rebuild in a major way with their cap situation. So I think he does come back. I don't think it ends well. I think it ends with them going like eight and eight at best and that's it ride it out one more year of big ben i think that is uh i don't think the, speaking of courage i don't think the steelers are ready to move on from roethlisberger uh, especially because of the, the, the and like what are you going to rudolph right. who cares and the 
free agent NFL free agent quarterback pool is weak as weak can be, unless you somehow are going to get Dallas to um, do he's something. He's not going anywhere. I don't right. He's not going anywhere. I don't think Watson's going anywhere. So mm-hmm. next up, that would be Mitchell Trubisky. So Big Ben, I think you're going to do it one more year. Uh, the Chiefs are a better bet to win the Super Bowl than the field. Wow. Uh, the odds would tell you absolutely not. Right. But if you told me I can bet the field and you get the Chiefs, you can go first here, but I don't think I'm doing it. I'm going to annoy a lot of Chief fans. I would take the field. For, for the simple fact that the odds are just in your favor. Uh, but I thought it was a fun question to pose and just kind of – now, I do think that if you said you got to pick one team, I'd pick Kansas City. I think the Packers have a real shot, though. Like the Packers are the one – I think the Packers could beat them. I, I would pick Kansas City against anyone. The, the one thing, though, that if you want to take the Chiefs over the field, I do think helps you. If you think like most of America thinks, okay, and I get it, upsets happen. The Chiefs should earhole Cleveland this weekend. They should. Everybody else, in my opinion, has a game they could lose this week. Where Kansas City, if they lose to the Browns, I'm gonna I'm gonna be on the floor in the fetal position for a month. I, I just cannot imagine them blowing that game. And so, if you feel that way, the Chiefs have a big leg up over everybody else. Uh, that said, I take the field because I just believe in, in, in the NFL playoffs. It's a one game thing. Anything can happen. You just give yourself more, you know, more shots at that apple, more odds. But, uh, yeah, listen, I, I couldn't blame you for taking Kansas City. And certainly as a Chiefs fan, I, I'm, I'm happy to, to ride with their, their chances here. Well, I'm wrong for the record here. You, you play the odds here. You take the field. But, like, do I take Kansas City in the NFL over the field? Yeah, I do. Do I take the Lakers in the NBA over the field? Yeah, I do. Do I take, uh, do I take New England most years over the field? Yeah, I do. Knicks uh, over the field? Not the Knicks, but Shame. Shame. the 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 70s Knicks, the Red Holtzman Knicks, I might. So I might take the 70s Knicks right now over the current Knicks. Yeah. So I was really high on them. Then three game losing streak up showered. I, I Tibbs will get it back rolling, baby. I know, I, I know. I'm scared. I, I I just I like having I've got the best team. Yeah, okay, somebody can get hurt. Yeah, they could have a they could have a bad day. I'll put my money on Kansas City in in 2020 slash Super Bowl 2021. Um, this question's crazy by you. Alabama could keep a game within 10 points against an NFL team. So let's just let's make it this way: the Jets. We've got seven Jets or seven Jaguars with COVID. The game is in Bama, and um, it's on a on a Sunday. And, 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 well, no, we'll make it on a Thursday, but Bama played uh, last Tuesday, so they have more rest, and, and, the, and the, the NFL team's coming in on three days rest. Your thoughts? Uh, the NFL team would win by 30. Oh, listen, oh. I, oh, yeah. No, I, I put this on here because people always go down these roads, like when a dominant team in college wins. Look, Alabama is ridiculous. Alabama's probably literally going to put 25 to 30 kids on an NFL team from that roster. They're insane. And six or seven of them be great players. But the key is the word will. Like, Mac Jones is not going into any game in the NFL right now and beating an NFL team and an NFL defense. I mean, yeah, if you play the game a hundred times because you have like a miracle on ice scenario, hey, maybe. Like, is it, but you got, you in, in an NFL game against Collison, you would have 30 men, 30 year old men with grown ass strength who are playing against some 19 year old red shirt freshman. <laughs> Just, the mismatches would not be where the stars in the college game are. It's where, oh, yeah, Bama's left guard is not good. And oh, by Quinnen Williams is going against him, or like Aaron Donald's going, you know, that's where to me the whole thing falls apart. If you took a college all star team, You'd, you'd have something. Give me Trevor Lawrence. You know, give me, give me, give me the best offensive linemen you can line up who are going to play in the league. That team could win. But just Bama is a little crazy, although that basically is a college all-star team. How many – didn't LSU have 15 guys drafted last year? 
or 15 guys ended up in the NFL. It's something ridiculous. And, I mean, and that, that conference is just ungodly. But what would the point spread have to be for you to pick Bama? Again, not with all the crazy parameters, but just Bama and the Jets, Sunday afternoon, 1 o'clock. How much would you have to 21. Pick? 21, I'm in. I need 28. <laughs> I need 28. But I'll tell you, like, if Adam Gase is the head coach, maybe it's 14. I, I just – I think it'd be really cool if that was like in European soccer, you get relegated. Like if you're the worst team in the NFL, you have to play a college football team and the college players get to play that game and they get all the dough. Like that's a one, that's a way that the NCAA gets, you get paid. Maybe, I don't know. I think it'd be, that would be highly entertaining. If every year you had, and maybe it was just like a college all-star game. Like if you got selected into it, the NFL right. team would, wouldn't right. want to play. The college kids would love it. All right. Um, Super wildcard weekend was a success, not watered down football uh, as we added on playoff teams. It, uh, what do you, in or out? I, I don't, I'm not minding it myself. I like it. I liked it. I thought it was a success. I, I won't go super deep on this one. I just I think it was successful. I thought that everybody bitched up a storm when the NFL expanded the playoff picture, and I thought it was fine. It was fun. I could have done without seeing Mitchell Trubisky. I could have done without some of the, the bad quarterback play we got, you know. But I overall I, I I liked it. I thought it was good. I thought it was entertaining. Give me more football. I mean, if we didn't have the expanded playoffs, we would not have seen Javon Wims drop a would-be touchdown pass, which was highly entertaining. Uh, we wouldn't have seen – I mean, Colts-Bills was a great game. So, you know. I, I, right. Absolutely. Yeah, it was the best yeah. game of the weekend, in my opinion. So, yeah, I, I, it, it delivered 100%. And I think I, – I actually like the reward for the one seeds. Like, that's a real reward. It's – the way it's set up, I think, is actually very good. So, um Congratulations, NFL. You you, uh, you did not blow it by expanding the playoffs. Right. What's up, Verderam? You're in the divisional round. Yeah. Uh, look, I'm ready for the Chiefs. I'm always ready to get hurt. I'm always terrified because that, that part of me as a Chief fan will never leave. Like, I was just looking at Nate Taylor, who's a buddy of mine who covers the team for the Athletic. He was tweeting out that he doesn't see Rashad Fenton. He doesn't see Sammy Watkins. And it's like, all right, I can live like Rashad Fenton's not the end of the world. He's a good slot corner. But, like, of course, Sammy Watkins, who had a calf injury that everybody and their mother in week 16 is like, yeah, it's fine. And it's, here we are a month later, and Sammy Watkins can't get on the field. Like, that's always fun. Now, do I think they, you know, they should be able to win without it? Yeah, they, I mean, they should. Yes. But um, Clyde Edwards Alaire is practicing. So that's good. That was expected, but that's still nice to see him back. And, and you know, if he's out there Wednesday, unless there's some weird setback, he'll play. But, uh, yeah, listen, I expect the Chiefs to win. But come Sunday, 2 o'clock Central time, I will be physically nauseous to the point that Hill, Josh Hill, our uh, lovely co- co-worker, took me off the schedule for the game because he knows I will be utterly useless. So I am not even covering the Chiefs game. I am just going to be sitting there, I'm sure on the phone with my dad, just screaming at the television. So uh, looking forward to it. Looking forward to having a blood pressure of, I don't know, 200 over 180 during the Chiefs game. Congratulations. That's what life's all about, baby. Ride the roller coaster. Enjoy enjoy that blood pressure. I, I think that that's exactly where you should be come Sunday afternoon. Uh, I, I just want to say uh, that, you know, the Chicago Bears, they finished the regular season 8-8. Eight and eight. They lost in the playoffs. That's eight and nine. And what happened today, I think they're the first team in the history of the NFL to go eight and 10. That literally, <laughs> that bad. should go, that, that literally should be on some level of Wikipedia scorecard. Bears press conference 2021 or 2020 season, season ender loss. McCaskey, Phillips, Pace, Nagy. It really, like, Matt, Matt Nagy is, I think, 28 and 20 as the Bears head coach. It should be 28 and 21. He, he, and it's not entirely his fault. And they were in a no-win position, 
but they today like it was not going to go well if they were going this route but that was a straight loss I, and wow um so yeah football season over in chicago and uh i went and uh, you'll like this one vertoram I, I went and uh wanted to give my guys hamp and ob a little end of season uh respect gift is OB normally gives me Ed Obradovich played for the 63 world championships. Ferris, he's 80 years old. He always, he gives me a bottle of crown Royal every year. He's like, this is smooth market smooth. Um, so I go looking for a bottle of wine for the guy. Yeah. And I go in yesterday and they're like, and I'm like, ah, you know, give me, give me the, let me get a Cabernet. Let me get a full body here. And they're like, how about, and I'm like, what, what's up with that one? The dude. Oh, it's great. The dudes, uh, you know, I'm talking to the sommelier or whatever. So I bought the wine that I bought was the dude and supposedly it's incredible. So if you find the dude on your local uh, supermarket shelf, give it a spin. It's a red blend Vertoram. And then I went across the street and got him a cigar and I nice. picked up for the good cigar. And, and I, you know, cigar smokers, sometimes I guess they know these things. So I handed it to him. He's like, Oh, 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 this is the, he was super excited because I didn't spend $1 or $3 on a cigar and got him a, a you know, a, a decent, a decent, Say what, man. Love a good cigar. Do you? I do. I do love good cigars. I uh, Were we smoking them last year at the Super Bowl? Were you in that crew? I was smoking them. I don't know if I was smoking them with you, but I was smoking them. They, uh, they were down in Miami, and they had – It was um, awesome. They were hand-rolling cigars. Yeah. And I, I got like six of them. <laughs> and I smoked a bunch of them that night, Tuesday night and media night, and I smoked them to the point – I've never done this before. Since oh, yeah, I you got, got sick. I got sick. I, I didn't, I didn't puke, but I felt like I was going to, um, I had to stop. I smoked like four of them. And you know, I'm used to that bullshit. We get around here at stateside, but those things were like legit cute. I was just huffing away, man. Huffing, rumming cokes, talking to people. It was great. I had a great time. Smelled like a walking cigar for about three days after that, but it was good. Had fun. Every time I go to Indy, there's a little cigar lounge. I won't even say the name of the place. It's kind of tucked away. It's a good place to go at sources. But you go there, get a nice little room, some couches, a table. They got a whole menu. You drop like 50 bucks on a cigar. It's fantastic. Have a little, have a little bourbon. Oh, it's good times, man. You've spent and, and let me 50... tell you, stories are told in that, in that place. Oh, I believe that. You spent 50 bucks on a cigar? Yeah, man. It, it, hell, it's, uh, it's taken care of by the company. <laughs> we get an allowance i just i just eat cheap <laughs> yeah you're damn straight uh, i i love it all right um, I, I got money to burn i'm going 50 dollars cigar i can't right. really you can't really tell the difference right you can i mean i, I i'm sure like the diehards or... can but a matt verteram I'm, no, I'm no, not... no, no. i can tell the difference if you get starting you get into that kind of a range you can tell the difference Okay. Uh, like I won't say who, because obviously that would be a, a breach of journalistic ethics here. But I went a couple of years ago and we met with two pretty high profile sources and they go there every year to the point that they have their own little cigar closet that they use for like two days out of the year that, that the place keeps for them. And they just started pulling out like these very, very expensive cigars and like, here, just take them, just take them. Like I, I at first I was like, no, I can't like that thing is. I had to have been at least $75. I was like, I, I can't. Like, no, don't worry about it. It's cool. I got an endless supply of them. And started smoking them and sitting there. Man, I'll tell you a couple of stories off the air about this. But it was it was great. We were there all night. Had a great time. Um, but, yeah, those cigars are those are high class. And plus, too, you got you to gotta spend the money on the cigars. If you're there with a source who's got some money, and let's face it, most of them do, if not all of them, you can't be the guy getting a $6 cigar. Right, like it did, already, they're looking at you. You've got to spend to make them be like, all right, this guy, all right, okay, cool, right? Like, Can't I always just say, I'll take the 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 this is, and then they don't know exactly what you went with. No, no, you got to order it, and they they come over and they they got those you know those lighters that are like basically blue flames, and yeah, you got you know, they they cut it for you and the whole nine, and so no, 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 like you you both have the menu, they know exactly what you're ordering. Okay, okay. I, I, uh, I, I get it. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta piss with the big boys. You gotta, I feel like we're in parenthood right now with uh, little Jason Robards and I'm out and I'm throwing another weird old school movie reference as we say goodbye here. Cause Sean Daly is producing the podcast wants to go. I'm sure Robert Duvall 
not Robert Duvall. Um, was Rob? Maybe is Robert Duvall. I'm. I'm. I don't know why I'm. I'm. Come but, on, I'm, damn it! I'm going to the natural. Who was? Okay. Who Robert was Ma- Redford? No, no. Who? Who was the reporter? Max Mercy. They come and they go. Isn't that Duvall? I think so. Max Mercy, the natural. I. Uh, I should. Um, yeah, Robert Duvall. Thank you very much, Carmen. You have zero confidence, and that's terrible that you even had to question yourself there. But he had like that wet cigar, just like old school baseball scribe, made it look so incredibly fun. Like that, like that's just what cool people do. So you're officially a cool, a cooler guy to me right now, Verderan, with you hanging out in cigar lounges with big time NFL shooters spending fifty bucks on a cigar. Congratulations. Hey. Good luck to your Chiefs this weekend, by the way. And thank you to everybody for listening to Stack in the Box. We love you. And uh, we appreciate all the reviews, which we didn't mention today. But on Sunday, we're going through your reviews. Um, we're going through the Chinese food reviews. There's a lot of them to get to. The show is just so packed. But don't think we forgot about you. We're going to we, get into that. We're going to have a good time. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Everybody enjoyed the division weekend. We'll talk to you Sunday night.